At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The first look at betting next week's games in the NFL. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting network. Second hour of the program. If you missed out on any part of the first in our conversation with Chuck Esposito, you can find that up on our website, vsin.com slash podcasts. All right, it's the opening line, so let's do what we do. We go through all the games, the opening lines. Today, a different twist because it's week 18 of the National Football League season, so we get playoff scenarios for each and every single one of these games. Well, most of these games. Some teams are eliminated. Some teams have nothing to play for. So we start with one matchup where a team doesn't have anything to play for except for pride. The Detroit Lions at home against the Green Bay Packers. How about this? Packers have it all sealed up, wrapped up, ready to go. They're the number one overall seed in the NFC. They have obviously won their division. Absolutely nothing worth risking here in Week 18. So the look-ahead line goes from 11 in favor of the Green Bay Packers on the road against the Detroit Lions to reopening as Lions minus two in this matchup at home against the Packers. I think it would have been a smart move to take the Lions and the 11 points before this week. Yes. Looking ahead, saying that all the Packers have to do is win in Week 17 at home. And they're, they're not going to be playing for any, anything in Week 18. Why didn't we make that bet? Right, especially especially when the quarterback news comes out, right about the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. So it was probably a uh, and the big, bookmakers wouldn't have thought of that. A big mistake not to uh, <laughs> not to take the points and pulled it up uh, with the Lions before a 13 point move yep. in this game. So you know, typically I would say maybe you play Aaron Rodgers and the starters a little bit in the first half because you don't want to go three weeks without a game mm-hmm. when you have the bye. But considering Rodgers' toe injury, I think it's most likely that the Packers just sit a bunch of guys and don't play him at all. Yep. I, I would think that maybe do you give him a quarter, if that. I'm not sure you play him at all. Get him out there, but we'll see if they're, how they're going to handle that. Because as, you, as you've yeah. said, we can go down the list of teams who decided to take all that time off, came, not... out in that, came out in that divisional round and had absolutely nothing against their opponents. So from there, we go further down the rotation. Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, these teams, unfortunately, still have to play football. The Bears uh, opened up on the look ahead as a six-point underdog against Minnesota with a total of 45. Reopened today, Minnesota minus three and a half. And we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be like for Minnesota. Do you roll Kirk Cousins back out there? Or do you finally say, hey, look, what do we got in Kellen Mond? Let's just give him a start and see what's going on. Well, Mike Zimmer has no plan. and You you and I were talking about this in tonight's game. Uh, So you got Sean Mannion out there. He's not going to be your quarterback of the future. No chance. Why did you – Sean Mannion got pulled out of the game because he had an apparent hand injury. They were inspecting then, his hand, yep. Okay, then Kellen Mond was put in the game. First series. And then Zimmer took Mond back out of the game. Why would you not leave Mond in the game? What are you talking about? you got to play the young guy and find out what, what you got. What you got to play Sean Mannion. Give yourself the best chance to win. <laughs> you were down, down 20, 37 to 10. <laughs> down 27 points. Come on. 
Uh, why would Zimmer not play Kellen Mond? Now in week 18, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Kirk Cousins back there, at quarterback uh, for the Vikings. How about the Bears? The last two weeks, the one with Nick Foles and the Red Rifle, Andy yep. Dalton. Matt Nagy's working magic? At quarterback, Matt Nagy, do we give him five more years? I think so. How about so. a contract extension for Matt Nagy? I mean, I no, think I you know. got to keep him at least, right? See what he can do with the real quarterback in Justin Fields <laughs> for a full season. Yeah. The Bears have won games with three different quarterbacks this year. I mean, what Matt other Maggie coach could do that? is a magician. Not many, courts, not many coaches could do that. Are they going to say what other court gestures could do that? Yeah, <laughs> 40 and slip. All right, we go from there. Now, the New England Patriots do have a lot on the line next week, uh, and they could have even more if things break for them. Mm-hmm. So the Patriots look ahead against the Miami Dolphins, who shockingly looked like a bad team when they took on a real NFL team this weekend. Uh, Patriots look ahead was 2.5 with a total of 39.5. Reopens 6 at most spots. Now, what is on the line for the New England Patriots? Well, they can clinch the AFC East with a win and a Buffalo loss. They actually can still win the number one overall seed still with a win and then losses from Buffalo, Tennessee, and Kansas City. Mm. Now, all three of those are double-digit favorites. So you'd need a lot to happen yeah, like to in hit your that step. Parlay. Yes, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, you don't get me started on the different ways you can attack it if you're not just playing straight up like playoff props, right? You can just go money line parlays. But regardless, a lot on the line for the Patriots, and they're going to be a, a pretty solid favorites in the range of a touchdown. I would think even more, maybe like seven, seven and a half by the time we get there. Because here's the thing, the Patriots have shown, and they did it again today, dropping a 50-burger on the Jags. They will beat up on bad teams. Mm-hmm. And make no mistake about it, seven-game winning streak or not, the Dolphins are a bad team. Ooh, really? Bad. Did, yeah, did you? I mean, come on. You had you seven got, in a row in the NFL. Yeah, against the do. Jets twice, the Texans, the Saints, <laughs> and Ian Book. Congratulations. The, uh, Throw the Ravens I mean, in there, too. I think this is going to be a payback game for the Patriots. Yes. They lost to the Dolphins in week one. It was a bad loss. Uh, this number is a little bit higher than I thought it might come here. The, the look ahead was two and a half, right? Patriots two mm-hmm. and a half. And now we're seeing five and a half, six. I'm still inclined to likely lay the five and a half with the Patriots. They do play the bully role uh, really Very well, well and yep. I think we might see a blowout here in Miami. Yep. So we go from there to the Indianapolis Colts, who blew it today. They had a chance to clinch a playoff seed with a win over the Las Vegas Raiders. They do not. So now they hit the road for week 18 to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look ahead was eight and a half with a total of 44 and a half. You know, it's funny. We see this all the time, too, in these week 17 scenarios. And these are this is something that I like to play against sometimes in handicapping these, right? So nothing changed, mm-hmm. right, from the Colts losing this game to the Las Vegas Raiders, or excuse me, before the Colts lost this game to the Las Vegas Raiders, up until this point, right? No major injuries, nothing like that. But because they have to win, apparently that's worth six points to the market, and the Colts are now up to a 14.5-point favorite. Yeah, it seems like a big adjustment. But at the same time, I'm going to be the bet. last person <laughs> to sit here and tell you to bet the Jacksonville Jaguars yep. because I've said for months – they're on my do not bet list, and uh, now is probably not the time to jump in on the Jags. What if there's line value? I mean, there's line value. What the hell are the Jaguars playing for in Week 18? <laughs> no, they got golf spoiler. clubs set out in front of their locker. These guys are ready for vacation. <laughs> no Mickey Mouse operation. You see the way Wentz is playing too. What about that dime to T. Y. Hilton today, huh? Uh, yeah, that was fortunate <laughs> bounce. Um, Carson Wentz took most of the first half off today, and that was costly for the Colts. Yeah. By the way, some of you guys got to stop taking things so seriously on Twitter. I got like, he sucks. How could you say that was great? Because I tweeted out, Wentz is better than everybody. (laughs) Come on. Let's realize the situation here, folks. Sarcasm doesn't come through on Twitter a lot of times. You got to be careful. Yeah, I do. It's my fault. I apologize. All right, we go to the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. Again, Bills 17. Look ahead, 17 on the line here. Win, and you are in in terms of the AFC East. Still an opportunity there for the the Buffalo Bills. The Jets showed a lot of life today. They did. I mean, if if you're telling me I have to take one big dog, double-digit dog in the Week 18 card, I'm taking the 17 points with the Jets. Well, look, depending on the number you got today, right, if you got 14 in the hook, 
at the beginning of the week. You, you didn't cut the, or excuse me, the Falcons did cover today mm-hmm. against the Buffalo Bills. It's something we've talked about. You know, their secondary is in a little bit of rough shape, especially after losing Tredavious White. And yep. we used the V word on Friday. Josh Allen's volatile, man. And you can get a game in which he's brilliant. You can also get a game in which he throws three interceptions that kills three consecutive drives like mm-hmm. he did today against the Atlanta Falcons. So we go from there. This is the uh, interesting game because Bucks have nothing to play for here, but this is a really bad team. Can you swallow it with the Carolina Panthers? Panthers, look ahead with 16.5 with a total of 43. For those who don't know, Buccaneers, NFC South clinched. Uh, can't get the first overall seed in the NFC. So this is really nothing except for maybe jostling for seeding if you want and if you care. Probably not the case, especially given the fact that you just lost Antonio Brown. You got injury issues. You're a little shorthanded. Ronald Jones got hurt today as well. You would mm-hmm. think the Bucks take the day off. Uh, Bucks try, almost took the day off today. Yes. And you and I talked about this on the Friday show. I said, don't be careful uh, laying the points with the Buccaneers against the Jets and just saying, well, the Jets are bad. They're going to get steamrolled. I, I really thought the Buccaneers were going to struggle in that game today. I didn't think they would struggle to the extent they did where Tom Brady had to pull a rabbit out of the hat in the final minute to win that game. Yep. I, I do think the Buccaneers would probably be better off without Antonio Brown. That locker room is going to be a better place without that clown. Um, but as far as this Week 18 game, can Matt Rule motivate the uh, the Panthers to show up? They obviously have zero incentive to win, but uh, I think the Buccaneers are probably going to set some guys. They're going to rest some guys, and uh, I would be very careful again this week looking at laying the points of the Bucs. Yep, I completely agree. And as we talked about in that first hour, you get that closing line value. We'll see what happens there, but I would assume that this, as you said, continues to head in the direction of Carolina. So we go from there to the Tennessee Titans, who are on the road against the Houston Texans. Look ahead here was the Titans minus 10 with a total of 44. Reopens Tennessee minus 11. Now, I will say this, you know, the Titans today, so they get the big win over the Miami Dolphins. It's, it's a lesser opponent. The Texans today, because of some, I think, uh, poor game management decisions from their head coach mm-hmm. and among other things, they don't get a cover against the San Francisco 49ers. It's also, I guess, a revenge spot after the Titans lost and Ryan Tannehill committed seven turnover-worthy plays in a single game against them a few weeks ago. Regardless, Titans have everything to play for here because they win. They get the number one overall seed. But I don't know if I would write off the Texans just yet. Davis right. Mills still looks pretty solid, and the Titans still have their flaws. They are still pretty banged up here. Uh, yeah, I think the I th- Texans could uh, possibly be live dogs if you catch an 11 or more here. The uh, the Texans won in Nashville first time around. Right. So yep. uh, this is another spot where I think the public tends to bat a lot of these games like, Oh, they have to win, so I don't mind yep. laying extra points because they have to win. And it rarely does it play out that simply, okay? So I, I think I might look at the – I'm not going to play the Texans here, but uh, I would look at the plus 11 before I would lay it with the favorite. Yes, yes, I, I agree. So uh, as we move on from there, I, I will uh, say, I wonder, could we hear from Joe Judge here? I would get that ready because this is going to be an interesting <laughs> setup. Uh, for the Washington football team taking on the New York Giants. So the look ahead was Washington 4 with a total of 41. Reopened at 6.5. Washington, of course, today doesn't get it done against the Philadelphia Eagles. Opened up an early lead, but ultimately can't cover against mm-hmm. Philly. And you get a New York Giants team who looks pretty dead in the water at this point wow. right now. Uh, in a, just a terrible performance against the Chicago Bears. And you wonder, too, like how bad is Jake Fromm that you won't put him out there? How bad is he in practice? Well, he's pretty bad. I know he's bad. I I never thought he should be in the league anyway. Gigantic embarrassment today for Big Blue in Chicago. Uh, if Joe Judge is going to back up his big talk today in his uh, press conference, wouldn't you want to take the Giants plus seven? Yes, you would think so, if what he said was true. Right now at Circa, this game is sitting on seven. 
What is the what's Washington playing for here, JBT? Uh, nothing. Okay. They are eliminated. Okay. So, like, look, both of these teams are eliminated. So this is all about pride here between these two clubs. So you wonder what exactly you're going to get. It seems like a big number for a team that's got nothing to play for, but mm, uh, I'll find better games to bet on. We're going to hear from Joe Judge later because mm-hmm. we're up against it. But uh, had some great words, uh, some great inspiring. <laughs> words from Joe Judge about the state of the New York Giants franchise. All right, on the other side, we will get to one of our Saturday games, it looks like, potentially, the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons, and also, of course, a thriller between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Saturday, prime time. Yep, on Saturday. Cowboys, night. Eagles. That could absolutely mean nothing. It'd in be the like a preseason game. Games. All right, we'll come back. It's the opening lines. Remember, in 15 minutes, Dan Saley, professional handicapper, joins us to talk about the national championship game of college At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. All right, JVT, did you know this? The Green Bay Packers, the first team in NFL history to record three consecutive seasons with at least 13 wins. Wow, really? That's remarkable. How many Super Bowls have they won? Zero. But they oh, got they, they've cha- at least made it to the They Super got a chance Bowl. this year. At least it's been a decade it. since we've seen Aaron Rodgers in that game. This is remarkable as well. If you miss any part of this show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all the shows, download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcast. Beating the book with Gil Alexander. Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Hardwood Handicappers with JVT. The Lombardi Line. Follow the money. Coast to Coast Hoops. And more. All free and available now. vcin.com slash podcast. I like it. All right. So we were rolling through the uh, scenarios. Again, the opening lines for all the teams in the National Football League for the final week of the regular season. So we get the, um, for those who don't remember, right, uh, we do have primetime games on Saturday. This weekend, mm-hmm. uh, the ESPN games. They will be. We get two, according to Albert Breer and other reports. So it looks like we are going to get Chiefs and Broncos Saturday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, or excuse me, 1.30 p.m. Pacific, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, and then Cowboys-Eagles. That'll be our nighttime game on Saturday. Um, interesting. Bizarre choice for the nighttime game, considering that could be the primetime game could be like a preseason. Game. Well, it's not even could. It is, right? I mean, So, look, the Dallas Cowboys, they lose today to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so the NFC, we know, is wrapped up because the Green Bay Packers won the number one overall seed. They have won the NFC East, so it's not like this is a divisional game. 
This is all just about whether or not these two teams, who, by the way, the Eagles clinched a playoff seed today with the Vikings losing that game Mm -hmm. to Green Bay. Literally nothing for these teams to play for except for a lower number next to their name and a different matchup in the postseason. Yeah. I'm amazed by that. And it's even more amazing is what do you do from an oddsmaker's perspective? What line do you set here when these two teams have absolutely nothing to play for? Well, right now it looks like uh, one and a half. Cowboys one and a half point favorites at Philly. So, and yeah. this is also, I mean, look, we've talked about this before. Do you see Do you see a first half from Dak, right? Because we brought this up when we talked about Arizona. Mm-hmm. Arizona, if they don't care about this game coming up this weekend because it clinched a playoff spot, and it's potentially a long shot, right, that they make it into the post, or excuse me, that they win the NFC West, you kind of probably want to play guys just because you don't want to go into the postseason one and four in right. your last five games. Same thing with Dak Prescott, I think, of the Cowboys. This offense does not look good. Oh. And, again, the news today, as we saw, Michael Gallup is done for the postseason because he suffers an unfortunate injury. So now this is, which we have seen, when this wide receiving core for any of these guys, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, once you get shorthanded, the offense starts to sputter, and this is a team that's already been struggling. Yeah, no question. You know, there, I was talking about the pregame shows. The Fox pregame show today, Aaron Andrews had an interview with Dak Prescott. Ooh. Started off with a real hard-hitting question. Dak, how was your Christmas? Nice. It was good, you know. Has family in town, you know. It'd be great if he's like, it sucked, man. <laughs> man, she she just threw one softball after another. She wouldn't even admit that he was. Dak Prescott went through a slump. I don't. Why are people so sensitive about talking about a quarterback in a slump? Right. He was obviously in a slump. Right. He has been. Of course. Why do you have to dance around that like it's a sensitive topic? Mm-hmm. Okay. If a guy's not playing well, he was an MVP candidate. Uh, he has not been playing at a high level for a while. And the Cowboys really struggling today on offense. Dak has been slumping. There's no question about that. Uh, so admit it. But uh, I, I wonder what you do here in a Week 18 situation when your offense has been a little bit out of sync. Do you say, you know what, we're going to be okay. We're going to flip the switch when we get to the playoffs and everything's going to be fine. We're going to play Cooper Rush at Philly in Week 18. Mm-hmm. I tend to think that uh, Mike McCarthy is going to find a way to screw it up somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would think the Cowboys probably sit a bunch of guys in Week 18. I would so, so maybe so. if you're looking at this, do the Cowboys deserve to be favored? I would think not. No, and here's the thing, right? Because now, now you start again looking at it from the lens of a preseason. Yeah. Back of quarterback situation is pretty good for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? If you're getting a full game of Gardner Minshew, mm-hmm. that's a guy that can win you a game. Right? We saw him actually yeah. do that for the Philadelphia Eagles no and look really good in the process. So I would agree with you. I think not only would do you expect the Cowboys to be or to be, uh, to be underdogs in this game. You know, at this point right now, when there's two and a half on the screen, to, to me, the play is Philly is grabbing that, and then mm-hmm. they go off as a favorite again, finding yourself with a little bit of line value. So the Giants did not win the NFC East. No, they did not. Well, it's kind of hard to believe because Joe Judge seems like a guy who's really got things together. People want guys want to play for him. Uh, production crew, can we can we get that clip ready? Can we uh, can we fire <laughs> fire that here? Let me know when you got it because uh, this is going to be pretty. Uh, this is pretty funny. So Joe Judge and the New York Giants are not off to the greatest uh, start this season, and actually the season's over. So <laughs> it's not a great start for his tenure as head coach. But there is a bright light on the horizon. As Joe Judge was asked today in his press conference, what do Giants fans have to hope for? And here's how he answered. I know the first time I ever talked to you guys in front of a microphone, what the hell did I talk about? Foundation, right? I'm talking about building from the ground up, building the right thing. Okay. Now, you guys ain't been in the building for two years now with this coach. All right, but I'll tell you right now, all right, if you're in the damn building, you walk on through our locker room, you ain't seeing that crap you saw before. All right? You ain't seeing guys right now planning vacations. You ain't seeing golf clubs in front of players' locker. You ain't seeing that stuff. Okay? You ain't seeing that. 
right? And that's not because of some high school program we're cracking with. It's because our guys understand how to play together as a team and they understand the process that they're going through. Joe Judge also went on to say that he has players that are going to be free agents currently on the team coming to his office twice a week begging yeah, to come good. back. Also having former players who are making more money on other teams this year calling and saying they wish they were back yeah. with the New York Giants. we got to get those clips on the show tomorrow, by the way. I've never heard an NFL coach say anything like that. This was part of an 11-minute <clears throat> rant by Joe mm-hmm. Judge in the final question of his press conference. He, he said that it, sounds like a man filled with confidence that he's going to be back next year. That sounded like a, a guy who uh, had no clue what he was talking about. That's pretty bad. A clueless clown. He, uh, by the way, don't use the word ain't if you're a professional. <laughs> Don't keep saying ain't. You ain't seeing that. You ain't seeing this. Talk like a professional. By the way, shots yeah. at Pat Shermer, huh? Pat Shermer's out here catching strays. Taking shots <laughs> at the previous administration. <laughs> I mean, think about some of the clumsy coaches the Giants have had. When I listened to that Joe Judge press conference today, if I were in charge of the Giants, he would be out. He'd be done. That, that was embarrassing to the organization. Can I tell you? And my... that's just a small part of it right there. You said that's 11 and a half minutes. You just listened to 30 seconds of it. Yep. Can I tell you my favorite moment of the Joe Judge tenure? The Giants were playing the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago. They were down 20-9, to nine, and they have the ball on the final drive in the, in the final few seconds, and they get down there six plays, 37 yards. They get into field goal range, and Judge immediately runs onto the field, giving the, the field goal sign. Got to run out there. Kick a field goal. Kick a field goal. It's shanked to the left of the end. Yes. Joe Judge. <laughs> it, 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 it was perfect. It was the perfect summation of what this Joe Judge tenure has been. So we'll see. I, I, it sounds like he's probably gone at this point. I think you have to. Uh, by the way, and this was also made a joke on social media, uh, Jason Garrett, coach of the year. How bad this offense has been since he's been gone. Offense has been worse since Jason Garrett got fired. <laughs> yep. You know, and I'm not a Jason Garrett promoter, but he obviously was only part of a much bigger problem with the Giants. I, if you think about it, the Giants really backed into a corner here. Uh, what do you do? You got you got a GM and Dave Gettleman who's just made one wrong move after another. Mm-hmm. So you probably got to blow out Gettleman. You probably got to blow out Joe Judge, who's you know, his coach. What do you do with Daniel Jones, your franchise quarterback? Are you done with Daniel Jones? How about Saquon Barkley? You have to decide what to do with him. Do you, do you hit reset and totally start over? Because uh, it can't get much worse than this. You got blown out today by the Chicago Bears. Yep. Well, I mean, Nate, he's got things going in Chicago, so it's a good one. All right, move on next in the rotation. By the way, how about that conversation? Uh, people were mocking. Uh, hey, man, you got to take Sam Darnold instead of Saquon Barkley. I think both of those picks, we kind of know. <laughs> Either way, it didn't really work out. Well, Saquon, he's an incredible talent, but injuries yep. have been the story. I mean, it turned out to be a lose-lose situation. New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. So look, it was 3.5 with a total of 42. New Orleans reopens 4.5. Playoff scenarios here for the Saints. Clinch a playoff berth with a win and a San Francisco loss and a Minnesota loss. Mm-hmm. Or you also clinch a playoff berth with a win, a Philadelphia loss, and Minnesota wins in Week 17 and 18. But I think the Vikings lost today, so you only got one route there if you're the Saints. You need to win, you need the 49ers to lose, and you need the Vikings to lose yet again in Week 18. And the number says that, right? Adjusted a point because mm-hmm. the Saints have to win, so it goes from 3.5 to 4.5 here. How much confidence do you have in the Saints offense? You're laying points on the road here. Uh, with a really lame Saints offense. Yeah, none. And that's why I took the points yeah. with Carolina today, and they did a great job. 4.8 yards per play for the Saints, 280 total yards, only 6.9 yards per attempt through the air, less than three on the ground. I, I don't think the Saints offense is any good, but here's the problem is 
you know, do you trust Atlanta? Because defensively, they're much worse than Carolina. Mm-hmm. And can they actually do something against the Saints defense that has something? They sacked Sam Darnold seven I'll times. I'll tell you, Cameron Jordan today was a stud. Oh, was crazy. So he, he always is, but I mean... Uh, Sam, Sam Darnold looked like he wanted to cry at the end of that game today. you know how many yards uh, per play the, the Carolina Panthers averaged in an NFL game today? Well, I know they had 180, I think about 180 total, y- total yards in a game. 178 total yards okay. and three yards per play. That's not good. That's not, no, that is not good in any way whatsoever. Oh, boy. Yeah, Panthers have problems. It starts uh, everywhere, too, by the way. It's not just Sam Darnold. All right, uh, we'll get back to the National Football League. We have plenty left to get to. On the other side, though, Dan Saley, professional handicapper, is going to be with us. Uh, let's discuss the national championship that we're going to see next week, the rematch, Georgia and Alabama. Obviously, the line has changed. Georgia now a three-point favorite. They were about a six-and-a-half, seven-point favorite against Alabama in the SEC title game. But why is the market again? You know, a slight support there for the Georgia Bulldogs despite the result of the first contest. Dan will answer that question and a little bit more on the matchup when we come back here on the opening lines. is opening lines with John Zavon Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, remember, we got that new prop tracker available on VEASAN.com for you to keep up with key NFL props at VEASAN.com. The current odds well as a movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Check it out. Prop tracker, betting switch, key trends, matchup data, and now our new COVID tracker, VEASAN.com. Well, that COVID tracker is for the NBA, but VEASAN.com slash NFL for all that other stuff. All right, let's welcome in Dan Saley, professional handicapper, college Football extraordinaire. Dan, how's the bowl season been treating you, sir? Actually, it's uh, been the best bowl season I've ever had. I actually only lost one game, and that was last night. Ole Miss, which uh, Matt Corral was playing, and I felt very confident. And unfortunately, the first quarter, he goes out and uh, killed my perfect bowl season, which would have been amazing. Yeah, that was a, a little bit of a downer last night in the Sugar Bowl to see Corral go down. That was a, a boring a game. If you bet Baylor, uh, you had a good time watching uh, that last night, though. Uh, it's been a good bowl season for me. I've made a couple mistakes. I did bet Michigan against Georgia, and that was a big mistake. Dan, uh, what did you take away from uh, the two playoff games? Uh, well, it, it's interesting. If you remember, uh, I was on your show uh, after conference championships, and I did say that the, the best bets there at that point were taking the favorites, Georgia minus seven and, and Bama minus 13. And I did think that perhaps there was a good middle opportunity in those games, depending on what happened in the buildup to them. But it, we saw what we saw, which was domination really from, from both of the SEC squads. I was a bit surprised about Michigan. I thought Michigan would put up a better fight. I thought their running game would look better, mm-hmm. but it certainly did not. And it did kind of play out as I talked about where I mentioned that uh, Michigan did not have a quarterback like Bryce Young. They were not going to threaten Georgia the way that Bama did. And Cade McNamara, just, he just couldn't do it. Now, that being said, I, I, I did expect a, a better defensive effort and a better running game effort by Michigan. It just didn't happen for them. Why did it not happen? Do you think it was uh... – just Georgia was that much better? Because, you know, if you watch Michigan against Ohio State and against Iowa, it looked like a totally different team and uh, really brought nothing to the table against Georgia. And that's what surprised me. The Wolverines were not even competitive in the game. 34-11, to and it was a bigger blowout than that, let's be honest. 
Yeah, I think there's a little bit of that. Uh, it was a bigger moment than they were prepared for. Mm-hmm. I think it was. There's a bit of that nervousness in the national, you know, playoff stage. Georgia is not a stranger to that stage uh, or to these uh, big games. You're right. If they had played like they did against Ohio State, I, I think that would have been different. But they also had the unfortunate problem of facing a Georgia team that got embarrassed by Alabama. I think went back to the drawing board, realizing they weren't as great as they thought they were. And uh, it was just a perfect you know, um, mix of things that happened there that Georgia just stomped them. And uh, I, I expect more out of the defensive line. Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson, I thought he would do a little bit better. But you got to give kudos to, to Georgia for game planning correctly. But still, them being able to run the way that they were against Michigan was a bit surprising because the Georgia's running game has been decent all year, but not not good like that. You know, they they just they were ripping off seven eight yard runs every time. So I, I maybe it's uh, Coach Harbaugh. I, I'm not sure. It, it, it just might have been just too big of a moment for them, or maybe it was one of those they were satisfied beating Ohio State. They climbed that mountain. We talked about the mountaintop thing before. Maybe it was that, although it shouldn't be since you're in the college football playoff, you should be going gangbusters, but this didn't work out that way for you. So, Dan, I'm curious, the flip side of this and the other side of the bracket, we see Alabama. It's a 17-6 to game going into the fourth quarter. Do we read anything into that, or is that just Cincinnati, uh, who we know is a very you know solid and quality team? Is that just Cincinnati defensively playing well, or do you have any worry the fact that Alabama looked a little less explosive? We know, of course, the injury situation, John Mechie, and maybe they just saw some of the effects from that. You know, that game should have been 28-3 at the half. Yeah. And, and this is actually – this is what gives me pause for Alabama against Georgia the second go-round is because the offensive coordinator for Bama is Bill O'Brien. And he's as sharp as a marble. Now, this is the same guy that traded DeAndre Hopkins in his prime. So, you know, there's an old adage in football, and maybe I'm just too simple. I, I, I believe this. If you run a certain play or a certain scheme or a certain formation and the opponent you're facing can't stop you, you should just keep doing it. You should just keep doing it until they finally do stop you. And this is what drove me nuts, because right out of the gate, Alabama was getting seven, eight yards of carry. It was obvious that the size of Bama's O-line could impose its will on the smaller Bearcats defensive line. And why did they stop running there in the first half, or they didn't run as much? O'Brien called 28 pass attempts. Why? I have no idea. It should have been about 28-3 at the half. They should have just kept running the ball down their throat because Cincinnati just did not have the size to be able to stop that running game. And that's what worries me is Bill O'Brien trying to outthink himself. And uh, this is going to be a problem because this game plan will not work against Georgia. They got 300 yards rushing against Cincinnati. They're not going to get that against Georgia. In, back in the SEC title game a few weeks ago, Bama rushed for 115 yards, and 40 of those were Bryce Young scrambles. So you're not going to use this game plan. And obviously, I think Bama's thinking, okay, we got to do exactly what we did during the SEC title game. We had Bryce Young using pinpoint passing because he had magnificent pass protection from his O-line. But this time, you mentioned they will be without John Mechie, who caught six passes for 97 yards and a touchdown back in that title game. This could be a, a real problem because Mechie drew a lot of attention, allowing Jamison Williams to explode that game. That's an issue. All right, Dan. So uh, when we look at this right now, Alabama 
a two-and-a-half or three-point dog. Most spots at three, including Circa, Westgate Superbook. A uh, total of 52-and-a-half. Uh, Have you bet this game yet? What, what are you looking to play next Monday night? Oh, I haven't I haven't bet it yet. If I was going to bet it, I would have taken that two-and-a-half. And this is what I what I think. I, I think Georgia got their mojo back with that Michigan beatdown. Uh, that's the Georgia that we had seen all year. It was not that uncharacteristic performance they had against Bama. Uh, Michigan, they, they, they couldn't stop Georgia's running game. Stetson Bennett's mobility proved way too much for the Wolverine D-line. And if Georgia plays this way against Bama, I think they will win the title. Georgia now, you know, they have the benefit of seeing everything they did wrong against Bama previously. They were overconfident last time. Bama benefited from everyone saying that Georgia was going to win. I think this time, Georgia's going to be smart. They're going to need to roll over coverage toward Jamison Williams, and they're going to, they really need to put pressure on Bryce Young. They did not get any sacks against him the last time. And Bama's defense, they played lights out against Cincinnati. Against Georgia, they shut down the Georgia running game. They sacked Stephen Bennett three times. I think Bama needs another performance like that with Will Anderson playing out of his mind to win the Natty. Uh, you can't count out Nick Saban. And unfortunately, Kirby Smart doesn't live up to his name at least once a game. Uh, you got to witness the strange time management at the end of the first half versus Michigan. Yep. You remember Smart had a he had a timeout which he didn't use, and instead he blamed Stetson Bennett for not scoring, despite the fact that they had called a run play. That just doesn't make sense. So the question is: Is can Kirby beat his mentor? Can Georgia get over the hump? History is actually on the side of the team in the rematch that lost the first game. I think if those things go that way, I think Georgia actually will win. I think two and a half was the correct side to be on. I haven't decided if I'm if I'm going to to get in on that game or not, um, but I think that would be the smartest side is getting Georgia two and a half, maybe the three. Um, that's where I look at it. All right, Dan Salu with us, college football better handicapper, VSIN contributor. Dan, uh, so we've got one more bowl game Tuesday night, LSU Kansas State. You've also got a Montana State North Dakota State game that's going to be on Saturday, which uh, you might be involved in. But how about this Texas Bowl with uh, K State a four and a half or five point favorite? And it looks like uh, we got massive personnel uh, losses on the LSU side of this game, Dan. Look out! I mean. Talk about a bold afterthought. I don't know why they're playing this game on, on, on a Tuesday after all the others, but you're right. Who's playing this game for LSU? You've got opt-outs. You've got COVID. You've got coaching change. It's going to be mostly underclassmen with little experience. The, the quarterback position is still undecided. I think it might be a Garrett Nussmeyer, but we don't know that yet. Now, Kansas State, they actually have a full complement. They've got Tyler Thompson playing quarterback. That's an advantage. But I, I can't recall the last time Kansas State had over 300 yards on offense. And uh, I'm thinking their, their signature wins this year were Nevada and West Virginia. Not exactly big wins. So for college betters out there, I think you've got to be really careful here. Kansas State looks like the obvious choice because they don't have any opt-outs. They have continuity. And they are motivated to play this game. But LSU's young, inexperienced roster is still filled with four-star athletes that are certainly capable of beating a less talented Kansas State squad. I would actually look for the under here. I think that's probably the best strategy in this particular game. Dan Saley, professional handicapper. Dan, it's good to talk to you. Hope the family's been doing well. Get back to doing dad stuff. 
Fantastic. You too, sir. Thank you very much. Got it. Dan Saley, professional handicapper. Good father as well. That's what I hear down the grapevine. He's got a son named Raider. Yeah. When we come back, we'll talk about the Sunday night football game, Chargers yeah. at Raiders in Vegas. What a thing. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Thanks, Brent. Here's an offer you can't refuse. Say 50% off a VSIN all access subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special. Get access to in depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and every sport on the schedule. Sign up today and you get the daily best bet emails, weekly betting guides, 24 7 video. Point spread weekly and a lot more. $39 vcin.com slash subscribe. Like it. So before we uh, wrap up the show and get to uh, a couple more of the opening lines for this coming week uh, of the National Football League, uh, let's tie in again one of the other stories of the day. And, and I think this this does have like some actually bigger ramifications, right? Because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost Chris Godwin to an injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, the skilled positions have been a little beat up. Mike Evans did play today. Uh, but we have seen... You know, Kai's kind of not dropping like flies, but this this roster is getting thinner at important positions for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it got a little thinner today. Uh, Antonio Brown, of course, in the middle of the game, uh, removes his uniform, takes off his undershirt, throws stuff into the stands, and then uh, runs into the locker room, leaves no longer, uh, yes, a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bruce Arians Bruce. said, no longer a buck. Yeah, well, let's hear from both Bruce Arians mm-hmm. and Tom Brady about this and what exactly happened, because now this is, I think, somewhat serious for the Buccaneers, who are getting kind of thin in multiple positions. Can you tell us what happened to Antonio Brown? Did he quit? I've never seen a guy leave a field like that. And is this the last strike for him? He is no longer a buck. All right. That's the end of the story. Let's talk about the guys that were out there and won the game. Hey, Coach, I know you want to talk about the victory. um, And he is no longer part of the team. But what ultimately led to the decision for you? Uh, I'm not talking about him. He's not a part of the Bucs. How disappointed are you? Uh, Bruce Arians said he's no longer a buck. Yeah. I mean, that's... um, Obviously, a, a difficult situation, and um, you know, I think we all want you know him to to you know just think everybody should find uh, you know hopefully do what they can to help him in ways that that you know he really needs it, and um, you know we all love him, we care about him deeply, um, you know we want to see him be at his best, and you know unfortunately it won't be with our team. 
So when you look at this from the football perspective, right, I would think that the Buccaneers who next week don't have anything to play for, you would spend the time waiting to get right, see what you're going to do with this roster, what you're going to do going forward. It's not like it's the worst situation in the world, but, you know, these are now two wide receivers that you're down if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, that's taking a lot of wide receiver talent off that roster. I'm a little bit confused. I don't know why Tom Brady says stuff like, we all love him, we care about him deeply. What's this guy done to deserve your loyalty? Yeah. Besides the fact he can get out there and make a few plays for you. I mean, there's, what, I guess there's a there's a deeper what, conversation to be had about the mental well-being of Antonio Brown and why he's acting like this. Yeah, right? but why why give him the benefit of the doubt? Look yeah. at all the, the string of incidents in the last yeah. three years with this guy. Why, why does he get the benefit of the doubt? No, you're right. The evidence is, <laughs> is, is piling up against him, and it has been for three years. So uh, I'm not sympathetic to his cause. I don't I don't give a damn about Antonio Brown. Don't care about him deeply. And uh, I think the Buccaneers probably be better off without him. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'd be better off without him if you still had Chris Godwin, I think, right? I think Chris Godwin loss is yeah. big. That's, that's a bigger loss. I mean, that's a, that's a much bigger issue that Buccaneers offense is going to have to overcome. Yep. So the Buccaneers, again, only seeding to play for us. You would think that this is the time spent getting ready for a playoff game that you know that you are going to have. It just depends on who the opponent is going to be, mm-hmm. depending on that. So as we roll through the rest of the week uh, of the – Week, uh, final week of the regular season in the National Football League. We've gone through a good chunk of these, but let's get to some of the games that will have some things on the line. Now, for example, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. This is interesting because these two teams will have something on the line. They just won't know if they have anything on the line. Playoff scenarios for both of these teams. Pittsburgh Steelers can clinch a playoff berth with a win over Cleveland and a win over Baltimore in Week 18, plus an Indianapolis loss. So got to take care of business tomorrow. Got to take care of business next week. And they need the Indianapolis Colts to lose. Baltimore needs a lot more things to happen. They can clinch a playoff berth with a win, plus a Colts loss and a Dolphins loss and a Chargers loss. So they need three things for them to have for, to, for them to get into the postseason on top of winning their game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You've seen this adjustment, six and a half with a total of 42. It's down to Baltimore minus four and a half yeah. on the reopen. How about Baltimore and all these close losses, one yeah. and two-point losses? Baltimore's been the uh, the bad luck team here in the second half of the season. How about tomorrow night's game, too? Let's mention that because yep. Browns, Steelers, and what looks like it's going to be Big Ben's finale in Pittsburgh, at least home finale. And the, uh, the Steelers went from three-and-a-half-point dogs yeah. to two-point favorites. And actually, now two-and-a-half-point favorites at one spot on Monday night. Was there? Did I miss so a bit of news? We have seen a six-point line movement, yeah. right? I, we have. So I wonder, like, well, what's uh... – Well, the Browns are not playing for anything. Uh, that's a good point, yeah. but see that, and that's this is actually a really good example of what mm-hmm. we talk about, right? So just motivation. Now we know is worth that many points. I, I always just find that right. Like the Steelers didn't get any better, the Browns didn't get any worse. Yeah. It's just that now the Browns have nothing to play for. So now we're going to flip this, and a team that was an underdog in their home field is now favored to win this game because they need to win, right? right? And so it just goes to the overall grand scheme of things of handicapping these last few games of the regular season, and, and you know we've we brought this up a couple of times now this week. Don't be comfortable laying more points than you should just because a team has to win a game. Right. Because you're putting yourself behind the eight ball and not getting any value in a lot of those situations. And that stuff is factored into the number, too. Right. And a lot of times it, it inflates the number. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're not getting a bargain. You're not stealing from the bookmaker. No, you're not. Uh, when, when you bet these. And uh, I'm a little bit upset with myself. I was going to bet the Steelers plus three and a half a yep. day or two ago. I thought Big Ben's home finale, this might be you know a decent spot. At three and a half, or it got to the point where, okay, now I can find value in the Steelers. Yeah. Didn't bet it. 
and now the Steelers are going off as favorites. you got to think this is going to be a really emotional night, and the Steelers are probably going to bring their best effort for Big Ben's home finale. And here's the interesting part of it, again, adjusting some mm-hmm. of these numbers, right? So we get the adjustment on this number because Cleveland has nothing to play for, yeah. yet next week they're taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, who actually still have the door open for the number one overall seed. They have to win. Tennessee, Kansas City, and New England has to lose, or they have to win. Kansas City, Tennessee need to lose, and Buffalo needs to win, right? Mm-hmm. So you look at this. There is something to play for for Cincinnati. But the market, look ahead, was Browns minus one and a half. Gets readjusted today to Cleveland minus three, and those threes are still on the screen right now. Yeah. Be interesting. I like what, what, what Cincinnati wants to do here, because you know, and I, I've seen some of the tweets out there, you know that all of these AFC teams are going to be playing at the same time. So there's going to be scoreboard watching while they're taking on uh, their opponent here. But it's interesting to see the market reacts to this Monday night, but doesn't react to next week. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised by that, too. I thought the Browns would be less than three-point favorites mm-hmm. in that spot. Uh, let's talk about Saturday and what's going to happen with the AFC West uh, because we've got the uh, Kansas City Chiefs who need to win. Mm-hmm. They're going to be putting that first uh, spot of the two Saturday TV games. Yeah, so Kansas City, look, it was three. Gets uh, readjusted to ten because they got to win. But, the, you know, again, think about this, though. They have to win to get the one seat, and they need Tennessee to lose. So it's not like, mm-hmm. hey, win and something happens. It's win and then hope that the team in front of you uh, falls as a double-digit favorite, right, to the Houston Texans. Uh, but there is something on the line there for Kansas City. And w- what's dangerous, I think, about laying a big number like this is by the time you get to the fourth quarter, right, Tennessee's comfortably ahead. Is Kansas City going to look up the scoreboard and be like, yeah, Patrick, go sit down? Uh, they're not playing at the same time, are they? Oh, they're not. Oh, well, that's no. a good point. Yeah, that's a fair point. You're right. So the Chiefs are playing Saturday yep. afternoon Saturday, yep. as 10-point uh, favorites at Denver. And I think that's why that game was moved into that slot. Actually, So you're going to get an effort from Kansas right, City. Right, right. you got to guarantee an effort from Kansas City. That's why the number's been adjusted from 3 to 10. And uh, is 10 too much? Uh, probably not. I, I wouldn't be surprised that number closes 10.5 or 11. Yeah. I, I think you're going to get a lot more. Who wants to bet the Broncos right now? Yeah. You know, after what you've seen from that team, it's probably going to be Vic Fangio's last game as coach. So that AFC West game is going to be Saturday afternoon. And then Sunday night is the big one. Chargers and Raiders in Vegas. And right now we're seeing uh, at Circa, Chargers down to 2.5, minus 120 at the Westgate, minus 3. I would not expect this to get back to 3, would you? Well, it's at three at the Westgate. I'm going to take the three. I'm taking the three should, with the Yeah, Raiders. get past the three. I think uh, that three is going to be fleeting. It's and not going to go to three and a half. It's going to bounce, as Vinny would say, Vincent would, Vinny, it's going to toggle from two and a half to three. Yeah, I would think the Raiders. Yeah. And look, the Raiders, as you mentioned, against the Colts today, didn't look great, right? Derek Carr turned the ball over. It was a pretty bad pick to Darius Leonard, and they put themselves in a situation where they had to go down, despite having a solid, what, 10-point lead at the beginning, uh, to go down and kick a field goal to win mm-hmm. this game. But regardless, it's just from a power rating perspective, you know, congrats to the Chargers for rolling over a Broncos team that's playing their backup quarterback and had some COVID issues. But I still think what you've seen from Los Angeles, and by the way, this is something we mentioned off the air, we should bring on the air, Brandon Staley's all of a sudden tepidness to start going for it on fourth downs again because it's just been blowing up in his face a little bit. In well, terms I think of the results. The results you mentioned, yeah. and also he's probably a little bit sensitive to the, the criticism. All right. He, right. Had a, he had a fourth yeah. and goal today on the Denver one and decided to kick a field goal. I still think there's a decent chance that in the fourth quarter, Sunday night, a Brandon Staley decision is going to be a hot topic God, and that so. could decide that Chargers-Raiders game. If, there's a, if there is a football god, we will get it. <laughs> we will get a fourth down scenario, and we'll get a lot of uneducated analytics rants after the game too because those are my favorites. Those are absolutely fantastic. 
All right. So, again, vston.com slash NFL. Uh, if you needed an odds tracker at any point in the season, it's this week as you keep track of some of these numbers and a lot of that information, too. And Vston's going to be all over that throughout the week as well. So you check out everything that we have to offer and keep on top of those news, the, those news outlets because information just like the preseason is key in the final week of the regular season. With that, we are all done. We'll be back on the edge tomorrow here on Vston, the Sports Betting Network. We'll see you. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.